Hello and welcome to the Tefauti podcast series. For the first Tefauti pod in this episode um, is joining me Claire Balding OBE, broadcaster, journalist, uh, author and a big supporter of Tefauti, of course, which we are so massively um, proud to have your affiliation with us. And our strapline, as you know, Claire, is, is together we make Tefauti. So very much our message is sort of how collaboratively we can start working together uh, to try and help save African wildlife and benefit communities uh, in Africa across a multitude of arenas. And a lot of that is sort of hard work, uh, commitment, and of course, knowing and understanding the fundamentals on the ground. So you emceed uh, both of our Tefauti conservation balls uh, at the Hurlingham Club, and that's been our main fundraiser. Uh, every year, which of course has had to change somewhat uh, now going forward. But you also got a prize to come out to Kenya for the first time. And I'm I'm really keen, to, and for our listeners, just to sort of understand what your thoughts were on that visit. Yeah, I, I left my, my wife, Alice, in charge of bidding on the silent auction while I went up on stage and, you, you know, blethered on about, about things and talked about hockey and how obviously I was effectively an, an Olympic gold medalist because I was part of your team without actually ever playing the game in my life. Uh, but when I came back to the table, I found Alice had bought in the silent auction a trip to Kenya and it was um, roughly described as a as a a safari adventure, the like of which you've never had before. Now, I happen to know that when we got it, you decided to take control of this prize <laughs> and rather... Um, inside the knowledge. Inside the knowledge and sort of fashion it as you saw fit. And we had the most extraordinary experience and we saw so many different regions. It felt like um, It felt like going back, in a very good way, going back to school to learn about animal conservation, but also people management and how you work effectively with local communities to make sure they understand the benefits of protecting the wildlife, even if it's going to kill their chickens or kill their cows. That What are you doing to try and protect this thing, which is an amazing magnet for tourism, but also is obviously part of the unique landscape of of Africa and specifically of Kenya. Um, so I I really loved that as you, you know that side of things. I really I really loved learning more. Um, I got better at animal identification. I got <laughs> very keen on my birds. What was that? Was it a pink roller or a purple? What was the roller one I liked? Lilac breasted roller. That's it. Lilac breasted roller. See, I forgot it. I, I loved it at the time. It was my favourite bird. And then what? What's it called? And the, yeah, we, we learned an awful lot about, about rhino behaviour, for example. Um, we saw cheetahs at play. All the things that when you think about going on safari, you want to get close to animals and you want to take lovely photos, obviously, and you want to get up early in the morning. But we did things. We walked with rhinos. We got up early. We got up, didn't we, before dawn one morning um, and walked out into the bush and as the sun was rising and you hear things come, you, you know, that wonderful sort of not just dawn chorus, but the noise of the noise of animals eating and just living and being. And you feel like you're really close to them. I, I really enjoyed that. Um, we were probably a bit too close to various herds of elephants. I felt as if we were migrating with the elephants um, oh, they were ev- everywhere we were. And I, I just really felt that we had properly experienced it. We had there's a difference between seeing something and feeling it. And I, 
you know, we felt it, we breathed it, we, we lived it. And that was really wonderful. And that's kind of a little bit of a messaging of what Tafalti tries to offer is kind of the realism. Um, you know, there's those glorious, you know, money-making shots of uh, animals jumping across the river to watch the big migration for wildebeest or whatever it may be, but kind of immersing yourself in and amongst it, I guess, is kind of the selling point of what we're trying to create, is trying to create those, those kind of experiences, as you just alluded to. But I guess more what I'm trying to delve out of you is, is around the understanding of, um, you know, we met a number of communities um, and sort of understanding the complexities of the truth of what goes on on the ground uh, and just sort of your view on on that comparatively to potentially what you hear of Africa uh, back in the first world. Yeah, and I think I think the honesty as well of, of what works and what doesn't, and you need data for that. If you're tracking animals, you need to know where they're going, how they're behaving, um, you, you know, how they're reproducing, how they're feeding, what's actually happening to them. And because you can't change an animal's natural behavior. You can't really fence animals in effectively. So they're going to move. What? How do you create those channels? And it's. I think that's what I picked up more than anything. It's, it's learning how to work with them, not controlling them. And that's where I think at, out here, you know, in the UK, we have such a different relationship with animals because we don't have mass migration of wild beasts you know coming through our gardens we don't we don't live with that everything we have here we control and we fence and we tag and we microchip you, you know you can tag animals not all of them you can tag them and and that's important but you can't hold them back from their from their natural behavior and i i think that that and understanding behavior of people as well because the same thing you can't you, you can advise people but you've got to take them with you you can't just impose massive change on them and expect them to follow new rules overnight and i mean obviously with with some animals for for, for research purposes you're going to try and tag them and see where they go but it's very difficult to contain um wild animals and the same is true of people you have to take them with you you have to help them understand why something um, is going to be as you suggest it should be and make sure they understand it's for for the benefit of everybody it's not about choosing animals over people it's about mm. it's about communities working together um, to ensure not only the the survival and the ability to thrive of certain species, but also a, a business on a business level to make sure that what Kenya can can provide for the rest of the world and what and the and the tourism magnet that it is 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 growing, not diminishing. And I was also. I hadn't realized how massively different, and this sounds stupid, but you don't know until you go. I hadn't realized how massively different the landscape was from one area to another, um, how dry it is in Galana and therefore how differently the wildlife there might have to behave because it has to go further to find lush vegetation um, and and can be pretty hungry and therefore sometimes hangry. <laughs> you know, <laughs> behavior changes as well. Um, yeah. And I just... Yeah, I, I was really blown away by the beauty of the country, the variety of it, the huge lengths that people go to um, to try and protect what is there for for you, for us now, currently, but also for for you know kids that haven't yet been born. 
Um, and it is that long-term planning that's going to be the key. And the other thing that I think came about in the Rattetti video, which uh, people can watch that Claire featured in on our on our website, uh, tofauti.org, you, you can see um, the job opportunities, and you alluded to it a little bit there, um, you know, traditionally in Africa, uh, women don't tend to, to to work, and it's obviously an area that you operate in quite largely. And and I know that filming and Naomi and and her sort of role um, with with the baby elephants at the Rotetti Elephant Sanctuary was something that that you found quite credible. Yeah, we met Naomi and had a long chat with her. Um, I talked to her about you know being the one that actually goes out now to work in her family and how that had not seemed possible just, you know, maybe even 10 years ago. Now you can very quickly change attitudes and create opportunities and make sure that women are not only given the, the independence and the freedom to work, but also that they are respected for that work. And I sense from Naomi that she really loved it, but it had given her a status that maybe mm. hadn't been there before. Um, and she just, you know, I mean, go, who wouldn't love working with baby elephants and feeding them, you know, from milk, from bottles and watching them grow? And when they call the elephants and they run towards them and each one knows which handler they're going to. Um, yeah. It, yeah, it's just it's so lovely. And those, you know, it's quite it's interesting because it's quite it's easier to raise money through cute videos like that it's a very good selling point but actually where you 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 also i know need the funds is to do stuff like build dams or or protect wells now that's not as sexy as a cute baby elephant no. but it's essential for the survival of those cute baby elephants um so it's kind of understanding the practicalities of it i found fascinating as well and um but you meet people you hear stories and whether it's the guides who are so knowledgeable um, or whether it's having the space and the time as well to observe animals and their behavior. There's something very mindful about it. And, and you know, you're far away from technology. You're far away from, you know, the noise of traffic or, or the what used to be the crush of people in rush hour. Obviously, that's not allowed anymore. So <laughs> it doesn't exist. Um, but it feels very um, – it's, it's like a – it's an experience that I, I think about and I treasure because it felt so, in a way it was, it was in a bubble. It, it just, and even more now, I think with COVID, it feels, it, it was a memory that I'll never lose. It was just so precious. And I guess, because I'm so lucky to call this place home, um, you don't realise things that are different, as in the topography that you alluded to, you know, the beautiful mountains that you fly over between some of the destinations we went to, and sort of realising, you know, the opportunity that wildlife actually indirectly offers. And you you allude to a water project and, and you emceed the ball, as I said, and, and we ring-fenced uh, a water pledge. Uh, and I'm really proud to be able to report that Lysamis, which is right up in the north, so even beyond Namanyak, where we were at Ritesi, um, we've identified a location for a sand dam, uh, and we're basically building that now. But as you say, it's not a sexy sell, um, but it is something that will take five years to mature. But as soon as it does, it will be long-term water resource along migratory routes that elephant have enjoyed 
for absolute generations. And so it's so fundamental, as you point out, to its actual longevity of species and grevy zebra and some of the other things that are more uh, apparent in the north. So we obviously leverage ourselves to Fauci on making a difference. Um, how can we all just do our little bit, in your opinion, to uh, to start making a difference, both at home in the UK, uh, as well as sort of your thoughts sort of broader than that? I think it's about deciding what, what's important to you. Um, and, and therefore, that requires a little bit of introspection for, for, for all of us of what do you value in this world? And I think a lot of people have had more time to reflect on that this year than any other. And for, for me, um, I sometimes think it's the, it's the simple things that we forget. I, I, I don't want a super yacht. I don't even want a racehorse. And I come from a racing background. I don't want these trappings of so-called wealth and success. But what I would like at, at, you know, now and ongoing, so not just at the end of my life, not just as a, you know, test my, in my will, I leave this to Tafauti. I want to know that I'm making some kind of positive contribution to protecting the things I care about. And, and one of those is very high up the list is is wildlife and i just you know i've just finished writing a book called heroic animals and in it there is you know there's a story about tandy who's a rhino that i came to film with in south africa actually um and she had been attacked by poachers and they had sawn off her horn and she may be the only rhino to have survived that mutilation and you know dr will felt folds and and you know we've been to listen to him speak and he operated on her and has continued to do skin grafts and she's now she not only survived it but she's had three calves so far and mm. i think she has become a symbol of um the brutality of poaching but also the hope that is there that that we can help rhinos survive that actually if we get the right messaging out there if we are strong enough in our in our catching and punishing of poachers and if we make sure that 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 we are creating environments where where they can you know be safe um mm. that there is there's something really positive and we it's not it's not just it yes it's about giving money and i think that's very important but it's knowing where it's going to and it's thinking about how you want it used and that's why i come back to the point about tafauti being a responsible um you know headmaster if you like of of all of those of us who who want to learn but also want to give something we need to trust you we need to know that that this is money that won't be wasted on bureaucracy or, or new stationery not that anybody uses stationery anymore but you know what i mean um it's not going to be it's not going to be spent on 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 the fancy stuff it's going to be spent on the nuts and bolts and what needs to be done and and that's where I trust you, but also I would ask of you questions, you know, what do you want from people and how are you going to safeguard their investment? Well, I think, uh, oh, well, I, I obviously applaud you with what you've just said, but, and on also the story and, and humanizing the story and bringing it to real life. So people actually understand uh, the plight, uh, you know, the, the actual sentencing, uh, the, the process of sentencing when there is ivory trade or, or issues that do come about is 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 relatively sparse and it doesn't really get fulfilled and people don't serve the time and they can get bail easily and next thing we're catching the same guys again and again who are out in the field and it's just it's 
it's demoralizing. It's that's the truth. Uh, and it's frustrating. But on your point about how Tafauti operates, you know, it's it's all about understanding, I think. And I'm really lucky both by the way I've been brought up as, as well as the connectivity that I've got in Kenya so that you can sort of leverage skills and expertise um, wherever I possibly can to delve a little bit deeper. And the time now, especially, I have a bit more time so I can kind of go there, really understand and sort of come up with solutions, understanding Africa and its negative side, absolutely. And then sort of giving people that authentic and that real judgment because Claire, we will get things wrong. You know, we're every charity will get things wrong, but I think what differentiates us from everybody else is that we actually say, listen, we thought we were doing this. This is what happens. And this is how we're going to put it right. And I think I've learned that from sport because at times things just don't go right. And you've tried your heart out and you've done everything right, but you hit the post and the other team scores. And it's just life sometimes, you know, and there is going to be those moments. But there's also some really cool success stories like the dam I've just spoken about or uh, the, the 10% flat, uh, plan where that, that old boy limps out of his hut having had a stroke with no teeth and literally gives me the gummiest, warmest hug I've probably ever had in my life for having changed his life because the leopard can't eat his goats anymore because you've built a fence for him. And I think that's those bits are so important. Those are the bits that I think people are going to start realizing that, you know, the big boys are obviously do a great job and I'm never going to knock them. But us small guys who are nimble and able to go delve into the heart of the problem and try and have those tough conversations and make people accountable. I think that's what differentiates us and what makes this future for Tafauti so super exciting. I think um, you know what you've learned from sport, that that the teamwork side of things, it, involve, it means bringing communities with you so that if you're going to build a school, you don't just build it and then say, there's your school. You get that you get that village to build it with you so it's their school they feel like they they built it and that i think just in terms of human psychology that's really valuable that's a really valuable thing to know how to do and and in my experience and having observed you at work that you you do that um and i think that's why you'll get things um you'll get things done as you say, empowering communities couldn't be more powerful. You know, a lot of them, unfortunately, aren't given the experiences that we're lucky and privileged enough to have. And so bringing them along the journey with you and partnering with them and helping them is is a massive part of, of what we need to do. So I guess just to sort of close up here, um, what, what would your one bit of advice be, I guess, for someone who wants to get involved in conservation or efforts or understand a little bit more about wildlife and communities and possibly Africa and some of the issues that, that, that you came across? I think treat it as something that you really want to get involved in, that it's not just, you know, clicking a button to send some money. You, you want to learn about it and therefore you're going to read newsletters, you're going to go to talks, you're going to watch stuff online, you're going to look at videos um, or follow, or follow a, a, the diary of um, a game reserve, for example. Um, and I think also give yourself your treat will be going and visiting. So make sure that's there as and when we're allowed to travel more freely, that that's your ultimate goal. You're going to see your money, if you like, at work. Um, I think committing a, a, a small amount regularly is very satisfying and you can feel that you're, 
you're building something. It's like planting a seed for a tree, isn't it? I mean, it's, you know, it's it, this will take time, but you're going to watch it grow and that's going to be part of the pleasure. Um, but I think being able to see things in, you know, being able to see work that you've contributed towards is a very, uh, that's a really powerful prize, if you like. Um, and if you can, if you can do that, uh, I think that's a that's a lovely thing to look forward to, and then you'll want you'll want to do more because you you feel emotionally invested um, as well as financially. So I think that's probably that would be my my tip. But there's no substitute, is there, for sort of seeing and understanding, and the practicalities of that currently are very very tricky. But I totally agree. You know, the whole come out, understand come see you know experience even if that's just go on a safari that you can buy off the shelf just so it just makes you be part of their world and start realizing it but I, I think we're we're in a really good transition period now I, I I find it really exciting because I think the natural world is becoming on people's agenda whether that's off the back of the pandemic or whether it's because David Attenborough has done a great job I, I don't care what it is I just think we need to capitalize off of it and suddenly start you know embracing this connectivity to making a difference helping people uh, realize what they have on their doorstep because at the school that that we visited Claire to say to the kids, it's not normal to have six elephants watch you play football on the weekends. They, they just laugh at me because it is normal to them. They don't understand that, you know, it's unrelatable uh, between the two worlds. And I feel hugely privileged to be somebody that can spread that message and, uh, and, and fight their corner a little bit and, and, try, and, and try and do some good uh, in the process. So Thank you, Claire, massively for, for joining us on our first episode uh, of the Tafalti Pod. I'm super excited, as I said, about the lineup, but so grateful for everything you do for Tafalti and Alice does, of course, for Tafalti. And, and we look forward to your next visit out to Kenya to reconnect with that wild world. Yeah, I look forward to it as well. And, and I will do my best to identify birds and animals <laughs> in, the, in the correct order. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Thanks, Claire. Thank you. I'm Krista Cullen. Thank you for listening. And if you'd like to know more about Tafalti and our projects, please do visit us on tafalti.org. T-O-F-A-U-T-I.